In this episode, I'm gonna teach you five ways to become a better partner this week. Welcome to the Dr. Wyatt Show, where developing a long-lasting, happy relationship is the status symbol to achieve, and following my tools is one path to help get you there. I'm your host, Dr. Wyatt Fisher, a licensed psychologist specializing in couples counseling. Remember to call me on the show at 303-578-0618, Wednesdays and Thursdays from 4 to 5 p.m. Mountain Standard Time with your questions. You can pick my brain on anything regarding marriage and relationships. Also, be sure to follow me on social at Dr. Wyatt Fisher. The best present you can give your partner for Valentine's Day is a better marriage. This is the holiday of love. And don't you want more love in your relationship for 2024? Well, this is your chance. I'm offering a 25% off coupon for my leading digital course, MSS Marriage Saver Society. Inside MSS, you're going to receive six modules that are going to train you, transform you, and help you and your partner resolve your resentments and rekindle your love all from the comfort of your living room. So to receive that discount, go to my website, drwyattfisher.com, click on Marriage Saver Society, and use the coupon code LOVE2024, all one word. I'll also link it in the show notes. So if you want to provide the best present possible this Valentine's Day, this is it. So I'm going to focus on how to become a better partner. Too often we focus on how our partner can become better, what they're doing wrong, how they need to improve. And while that's true, they have their own growth areas, you can't control them. The only thing you can control is yourself, how you can get better, how you can improve. So today I'm going to talk about five ways that you can become a better partner. Number five is learning how to empathize. How well are you at empathizing with your partner's distress? Now, when your partner's upset about you, that's a different tool. That's when I recommend either the reunite tool, the mini reunite tool, or the bullseye. But when they're just venting about life, they're upset about something, they're stressed about something, they're anxious about something, how good are you at empathizing? at entering into their emotions, at being able to feel what they're feeling, at being able to try to see the situation from their lens because of their history, because of their wiring, because of their values, because of their needs. That's what true empathy is. True empathy is not if you would feel the same thing if you were in their shoes. It's if you can see the situation from their vantage point, considering all the variables that make them who they are. So that's a growth area for a lot of partners because a lot of us want to fix. We want to solve. We want to tell them what to do. But when we do that, we're not helping them feel connected to us. We're not helping them not feel alone. We're not helping them feel supported. We're trying to fix them. And even though our heart's in the right place, because I'm a fixer myself, when my partner wants to vent and she is talking about stress in her life, the thing on the tip of my tongue is what she needs to do, the solutions. But that's not what she's after. If she wants solutions, she will ask me for them. So I've had to learn in my own marriage through the years to lead with empathy, to always empathize unless my partner asks me for solutions. So how good are you at providing empathy to your partner when they're sharing their stress and their life? That's a huge growth area for a lot of partners. Number four, learn to own your part. What's that mean? What that means is almost all of the problems in your marriage, there's two parts to it. 
your partner is doing something, then you're reacting by doing something, and then your reaction is making them do something, and then how they respond makes you do something. There's always two parts to the puzzle. And so this step is all about you trying to figure out moment by moment, conflict by conflict, vicious cycle by vicious cycle, what your part is. If you know my Reunite tool, one thing I teach in that is something I call the 50% rule. What that 50% rule says is that you are not fully responsible for the problems in your marriage because of all the dynamics at play. You have your partner's past. You have your partner's circumstances, things that you do that may contribute. Your past that might be getting tapped into. There's a lot of things going on. So the problems in your marriage are most likely not all your fault. But you probably also can't say that none of those problems are because of you. So what you're searching for with the 50% rule is what is your piece? What's the part that you're guilty of? Is it an attitude that you have? Is it words that you use? Is it an action that you have or a perspective that you take, a mindset, an interpretation? What is it that you do that makes things worse? That's your part. That's what you need to learn to own. And it's going to be different based on the situation, the conflict, the vicious cycle, but it's a practice. It's a practice of learning to try to find out and discern what is my part in all of these different elements of my relationship. What is my piece? How am I making things worse? The more you can identify and own your part and then work on your part, that is you being a wise and responsible partner. And that's a huge growth area for a lot of us is learning to own our piece, learning to own our part. How are we contributing? And then not only learning to own it, but then working on it. So how much do you do that? How much do you actively seek out your contribution to the problems in your marriage? Like the old adage goes, when you point the finger at your partner, you have three fingers pointing right back at you. So that's a practice. Start learning to look at your part. That's all you can control. That's all you can really improve. Number three, it's being willing to work through resentments. If you've been together with your partner for any length of time, most likely they have some resentments toward you. So you have a choice. You can either dismiss their resentments and tell them those are invalid or those were from years ago or that's silly. You can invalidate and dismiss your partner's resentments or you can invite them to talk through those resentments with you. Which one is the wiser choice? Obviously, it's going to be wiser to invite your partner to talk through the resentments. When was the last time you asked your partner, do you have any resentments toward me? I encourage couples that I work with to ask that question once a week. Ask your partner once a week, do you have any resentments toward me? Any unfinished business, anything in your heart that you feel negative toward me that we need to talk about. Now, it's never fun to hear your partner make a complaint or talk about how you've done something that's made them resent your behavior in some way, but if you don't talk through it, your partner is gonna build walls, they're gonna shut down, they're gonna pull away emotionally and physically, and so it's vital to continually ask them, what resentments do you have toward me? Eventually, you want them to say, none, I don't have any. When my wife and I were going through winter in our marriage, I asked this question frequently, and every time I asked it, she had a new resentment. And it took forever to work through all those resentments, but I'm so glad that we did. Because I also had resentments toward her. We had to work through both of our resentments toward one another. And by doing so, 
it took away the walls that we had toward each other. So in your relationship, in your marriage, you probably have walls. And the reason is because you have unresolved resentments. So that's a piece of being a really good partner is you invite your partner to work through their resentments toward you. You ask them if they have resentments. And if they do, you sit down, you give them your undivided attention, and then you work through those resentments. That's why I created the Reunite tool. You can Google it, Reunite tool, look it up. If you're not able to work through that Reunite tool on your own with your partner, go to my website, click on Coaching, and work with one of my coaches. They are masters in the Reunite tool. The second way to become an amazing partner, to start improving as a partner, is become a student of your spouse. How much do you study your spouse? And in particular, how much do you study what they need to feel loved and what you do that makes them feel unloved? How much do you know those things? The things that they need to feel loved, I call those fillers. Do you know your partner's top three fillers? The top three things they need to feel loved and satisfied. You may think you know. You may be assuming that you have that all figured out, but I would encourage you, ask your partner this week what their three fillers are that they need to feel loved and satisfied just to confirm that what you think is correct. And then tell them what you think they mean by each of those three things. So if they say affection as one of their fillers, explain to them what you think they mean by affection. If they say emotional intimacy, explain to them what you think they mean by emotional intimacy. Confirm your hypothesis because it's so tempting to assume we know what our partner needs or wants or how they're defining their terms. But often we don't know. We're guessing. We're making assumptions based on how we're defining those terms and often we're wrong. So Becoming a student of your partner is learning what fills up their love bucket. What are your partner's top three fillers? And what are the top three drainers that you do that makes them feel negative toward you? You also need to know that. Do you know what that is? This is the other way that you need to become a student of your partner is you have to ask them, what are the top three things that I do that makes you feel negative toward me? What are they? What are the drainers I do that sucks down your your love bucket every time I do those? Is it because I become critical? Is that a drainer? Is it because I'm controlling? Is that a drainer? Is it because I'm impatient? Is that a drainer? Is it because I'm defensive? Is that a drainer? Is it because I'm a poor listener? Is that a drainer? Ask your partner the three things that you do that makes them feel negative toward you. Become a student. And a student isn't there to defend themselves. A student is not there to justify themselves. What does a student do? A good student is eager to learn. They're trying to understand how their partner sees the world. They're trying to understand what makes their partner tick. They're trying to understand how their partner sees life, how their partner sees themselves. And that's what you need to be doing to be a good partner. You become a good student of your partner. The first thing you need to do, number one, to become a good partner is to give your marriage attention. How much attention are you giving your marriage? Are you focusing on it? Are you reflecting about it? Are you reading about marriage? Are you spending time on it? Marriage is alive. And just like anything alive, you cannot neglect it for very long before it starts to wilt and suffer. I've said this analogy before. I'm sure a lot of you have dogs, a lot of you have cats. They're alive 
And imagine taking your dog or your cat and sticking it into a closet and shutting the door and ignoring it for several days. You would never do that. But we do that with our marriage all the time. We take it for granted because everything else is so pressing. We have kids, we have mortgage, we have careers, we have chores. We have all these things vying for our attention. Now, all those things are valid. All those things are important. But what happens is we put our marriage on the back burner. And before long, we feel like business associates. We feel like siblings. We just feel like we're two ships passing in the night. And that's not what you want in your marriage. You want to feel passion. You want to feel in love. You want to feel happy. And that's not going to happen if you're neglecting your marriage. So one of the top ways to start giving your marriage attention is having a once a week date for three to four hours. When was the last time you went on a, a date with your partner? That's a low hanging fruit item. Carve out three to four hours once a week to have a date with your partner. Take turns planning those dates. One week partner A plans, next week partner B plans. But if you want your marriage to thrive, if you want your marriage to survive, you have to give it oxygen because it's going to be suffocating. Otherwise, it's going to wilt and die. So those are five ways you can become a better partner starting this week. Number five is learn to empathize with your partner's distress instead of fixing. Number four, learn to own your part in the problems in your relationship. Stop blaming everything on your partner. Number three, be willing to work through resentments. Invite your partner into that discussion. Ask them, what resentments do you have toward me? Number two, become a student of your partner. What fills up their love bucket and what drains it down? And number one, give your marriage attention. Thank you for listening to The Dr. Wyatt Show. If you enjoyed this episode today, be sure to save it and share it with one other person so that other people can find it helpful and have hope in their relationship. For more resources, go to my website, drwyattfisher.com. And remember, your marriage is alive. If you nurture it and focus on it, it will grow. And remember, don't get a better partner. You become a better partner. Take care.